The following is from the conference and U.S. support for Israeli apartheid. All conference information is available at www.israelapartheidcon.org. Reverend Dr. Alex Awad is a retired United Methodist missionary. For more than 25 years, he and his wife, Brenda, served in Jerusalem and Bethlehem. He served as pastor of the East Jerusalem Baptist Church and in Bethlehem as dean of students at Bethlehem Bible College and director of the Shepherd Society. He writes a column called Christianity in the Middle East in the Washington Report on Middle East Affairs. Reverend Awad has written two books, Through the Eyes of the Victims, the story of the Arab-Israeli conflict, uh, published in 2001, and Palestinian Memories, the story of a Palestinian mother and her people, published in 2008. That inspirational book describes the strength and perseverance of his mother, Huda, after her husband was killed in 1948, leaving her to raise seven remarkable children, including Alex, on his own. Reverend Awad is a member of the Palestinian Christian Alliance for Peace. Reverend Awad will describe the efforts of the Palestinian evangelicals and other church leaders to confront the Goliath of Christian Zionism. What are they doing to stop the spread of Christian Zionism in many U.S. churches? How is Christian Zionism in impacting Christians living under Israel's apartheid regime? Reverend Awad will describe the work of Palestinian Christian Alliance for Peace, Sabil, and other Christian organizations and their efforts to halt Israeli actions endorsed by Zionist Christians, such as the confiscation of Palestinian land, the demolition of homes, and the construction of segregated Jewish settlements. Reverend Awad, we are looking forward to your talk. Thank you, Delinda. Can you hear me all right? Yes. Okay, that's wonderful. I am really honored to be one of the panelists with all these distinguished uh, guests. Um, I have learned a lot this morning, and I'm still learning. Wow, uh, it's really great. I appreciate everyone and what uh, he or she has contributed to this uh, uh, dialogue today. So uh, I'm going to... Uh, be a little different in the sense that I'm going to take the religious or the yeah uh, spiritual angle of the thing, and uh, especially I'll be talking about uh, Christian Zionism and its influence on Palestinians, especially its influence on uh, people like me. Uh, for several decades, uh, Palestinians have been caught between the fires of secular Zionism and Christian Zionism. In this expose, I will focus on the confrontation between Palestinian evangelicals and the giant of Christian Zionism. I witnessed intense face-offs between Palestinian evangelicals and Christian Zionists. I'm sad to say such confrontations have intensified and continue today. I will present some of the motives that uh, prompted Palestinian evangelicals to respond to the claims and attacks of Christian uh, Zionism. I first want to give a short definition of Christian Zionism, and after that, 
I will highlight a few milestones in my life uh, that led to my struggle with Zionist Christianity. So here is uh, the first slide I have, which is definition of Christian Zionism. Christian Zionism refers to Christians who support the creation and sustenance of a Jewish homeland in Palestine out of their belief that a Jewish state in Palestine speeds up the fulfillment of prophecy. In other ways, in, in other words, it speeds up the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, a little bit about uh, my story. I was born in Jerusalem and grew up in the embrace of conservative evangelical churches. I was and still am active in attending church and studying the Bible. In the evangelical church, I learned about God's love for me and for the whole world. And I learned from the words of Jesus about the principles of love, of neighbor and enemy, and the command to seek peace, justice, goodness for all. When I graduated from high school, I decided to attend a Bible college in Switzerland to prepare for Christ's service in the church in Palestine. During my theological studies in Europe, I noticed that my fellow students and teachers believed that my homeland, the land of Palestine, was promised by God to the Jewish people. I also learned that my colleagues and their teachers were convinced that believers in Christ should contribute to the fulfillment of these biblical prophecies that relate to the second coming of Christ by supporting the state of Israel. During my second year of college, the 1967 war between Israel and the Arabs, which we call the Six-Day War, uh, broke out. We were surprised to hear of Israel's victory over Egypt, Jordan, and Syria. And I was shocked to learn that the students in my college received this news with joy and cheers while I and another student from Syria were in a difficult situation because of fear, concern for our loved ones, churches, institutions, and our countries. Now, our homelands, in full or in part, were under the control of the Israeli army. The reactions I observed were the beginning of my awakening to what is called Christian Zionism. I didn't know that such thing even existed. When I finished school in Europe, I planned to return to my occupied homeland. The Israeli authorities denied my right to return. For several months after this refusal, I felt like a man without a country. The Swiss authorities asked me to leave their territory, and the Israeli authorities prevented me from entering my homeland. But miraculously, a way was opened for me to travel to the United States and enroll at a Christian university in Tennessee. In the United States, I soon realized that the teachings of Zionism had spread 
to evangelical churches and a good number of non-evangelical churches. Over time, these teachings were no longer entrenched within houses of worship and lecture halls of colleges and universities, but became a formidable political force, especially in the United States. One of Christian Zionist staggering achievements in recent years was their role in the election of Donald Trump as president of the United States and the transfer of the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Now, early in my youth, uh, our evangelical churches in Palestine were accused of siding with Zionism. And I strongly rejected this accusation and swiftly defended the integrity of my church. But when I studied theology abroad, I realized that these accusations were and still are painfully true. In the United States, I also realized that Arabs and Palestinians not only lost the balance of power militarily, but they also lost the hearts of evangelicals, most of whom adhere to the following Zionist beliefs. First, the contemporary state of Israel is an extension of biblical Israel. There is no distinction between the two, as if there is no 2,000 years between them. Uh, to the promises of God in the Old Testament concerning the land of Palestine are now being fulfilled in the state of Israel. Three, God intervened in the 1948 war and in the 1967 war in favor of the state of Israel in miraculous ways. And this is why my friends at my college in Europe were celebrating, because for them, this is going in line with their understanding of biblical prophecy. Six, the nation that provides support to Israel will be blessed by God, but the states and nations that oppose Israel will be punished. Of course, the Bible is speaking to Abraham when he say, said to Abraham, those who will bless you will be blessed and those who curse you will be cursed. However, the word Abraham is taken out and replaced with the word Israel. The Christian Zionist support of the state of Israel must not be conditioned on the Jewish people's faith in Christ or by the moral conduct of the Israeli people or by the way they treat Palestinians. So it doesn't matter what Israel is doing to the Palestinians, the confiscation of land, the building of settlements, the uh, imprisoning and beating people. That doesn't matter as long as prophecy is being fulfilled. Um, number eight, many Jews will believe in Christ at the second coming of Christ, but many of them will be killed during the Great Tribulation. That uh, really is not favored by many Jewish people, of course. And uh, seven, Palestinians, Arabs, and Muslims are fundamental obstacles in the way of the fulfillment of prophecies because of their adherence to the rights of Palestinians to remain in the land of promise, or what I call the land of Palestine. And uh, I had many, many experiences where, uh, you know, uh, people tell 
would tell me and tell my friends, Palestinian evangelical Christians, why are you standing as a block in God's design to fulfill prophecy? As if we have the power to stop God from doing what God wants to do. Imagine the impact of these teachings on Palestinian evangelicals. For when they, Palestinian evangelicals, accept these beliefs, they become followers of the Christian Zionist thought. And hence, they must accept that what Israel is doing against their people and lands, yeah, they have to accept that as if it is uh, now it's a work of God, it's fulfillment of biblical prophecy. But when Palestinian evangelicals reject these teachings, he or she soon realizes that he or she is at odds with what their denominational leadership believes, especially if the headquarters of the denomination is in Europe or in the United States. In addition, the rejection of these false teachings could push a Palestinian to another direction, which is the realization that his or her mother church is suffering from a serious theological disease. And he or she must expose this pandemic and provide his brothers and sisters in the evangelical churches with the appropriate vaccine. We all now hear a lot about vaccines. This is indeed what happened to me and to several of my colleagues at Bethlehem Bible College and her sister branch in Galilee, Nazareth Evangelical College. When we opened our eyes to Christian Zionism, we began to pray and study the Bible for wisdom in answering those who seek the truth about this subject. So what factors prompted us to confront Christian Zionists? Why are we doing this? Here's the first factor. I would call it the political factor. The events that took place daily in the West Bank and the Gaza, in, and the Gaza Strip, such as the confiscation of Palestinian lands by the Israeli authorities, the, the construction of segregated Jewish settlements, the demolition of Palestinian homes, the construction of this separation wall, the humiliation of young men and women in all cities of the West Bank, East Jerusalem and the Gaza Strip, and the imprisonment of two million people in the Gaza Strip did not help to promote healthy interaction between Palestinian evangelicals and Christian uh, Zionists and, and Christians with Zionist leanings. In addition, Palestinian cities were overrun and thousands of Palestinians were killed in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. As we could not but reflect, as, we, as Palestinians, we could not but reflect on these injustices, the killing and the destruction that was going on around us, and we have to do it in the light of the word of God. While our people were being crushed under the occupying power, our Zionist Christian brothers and sisters were at the forefront of the people who supported the oppressors. The second is the moral or ethical factor. The basic principle of Christian theology is that God is love. Our spiritual leaders and missionaries 
have taught us that God loves the Palestinian people along with all people worldwide. And yet, Zionist teachings concerning the end days imply that our destruction, our suffering, our humiliation are designed by God. Palestinian evangelicals must wrestle with their understanding of the character of God. Is God a good God that loves us as much as he loves the rest of humanity? Or is he a racist God who is not touched by our pain, loss, grief, and destruction? I'll go now to the third uh, reason, which is the tourism factor. There was a lot of contact and interaction between Zion, Zionist Christians and Palestinian evangelicals due to the increase in the number of evangelical tourists who came to visit the Holy Land. A good number of evangelical tourists, a good number of these tourists, yes, were asking to meet with the leaders of Palestinian evangelical churches. Many wanted to know the Palestinian evangelical perspectives and how evangelicals interpreted the Bible regarding the promises of God to the Jewish people. In particular, regarding the land, the building of the third temple, as well as other prophecies, we found ourselves in the inevitable position answering the questions of these guests who were flocking to our churches and colleges from various parts of the world. Wherever there are evangelicals around the world, they were coming to the Holy Land, and some of them became our guests, and we have to explain to them our position. Number four, the growing number of Christian Zionist supporters. The number of evangelical Christians around the world who embraced the Zionist ideology mushroomed, especially after the 1967 Arab-Israeli War. Christian Zionist influence flourished in the United States, in Canada, in Britain, and in the Netherlands, in Brazil, and South Africa, and in South Korea, where the number of evangelicals worldwide has increased. So have the number of pro-Zionist Christians. Palestinian Christians quickly noticed the overt Zionism in some of those who visited us. Some Christian Zionists have shown open hostility to Palestinians. For example, at a joint prayer meeting when my brother, real flesh and blood brother, Dr. Bishar Awad, the founder of uh, or, and former president of Bethlehem Bible College, requested to pray for President Yasser Arafat, one Zionist leader stood up to attack him and almost succeeded physically harming him. Fortunately, several of the Christian brothers present immediately intervened and restrained the attacker. Here is another example, and there are many, many of them. At a ceremony of evangelical churches in Bethlehem, an American woman asked to address the attendees, and when she was permitted, she proclaimed that the Lord has given her a message and the message is simple, that Palestinians should leave to Jordan or to other Arab countries. But if Palestinian Christians refused 
to go to the neighboring countries, the Lord, she said, would pour on them the same curses that would be poured on uh, the Muslims living in Palestine. These are just a few of many direct attacks. In addition to this, Christian Zionists worked overtime to stop and prevent Palestinian Christians from sharing their stories and perspectives with those who wanted to hear them. I was invited, actually, to speak to a large group in Canada, and I traveled all the way from, I flew from Jerusalem to Toronto to address this group. But after I reached Toronto and, you know, I was about to speak, then the people um, came to me who were running the conference and they disinvited me. And they told me because of pressure of Christian Zionist leaders. So this happened not only to me, but to many, many Palestinian Christians who were disinvited to speak so that they will not um, expose what the Israelis are doing in their country. Number five, an increase in the number of Messianic Jews. As the number of Jews who believed in Jesus increased in Israel, it became inevitable that sooner or later, they would discover the presence of Palestinian evangelicals, first in Israel and later in the West Bank and in Gaza. The ministry of Musalaha, that's an Arabic word meaning reconciliation, that was directed by one of the professors at Bethlehem Bible College, his name is Dr. Salim Nayer, made these meetings possible. Musalaha arranged for both sides of the divide to meet in a variety of settings and locations. Also, though these meetings were mostly spiritual and friendly, they still revealed the theological and political gaps between the two sides. Number six, the hermeneutical, or what I call the interpretation factor. Our studies of the Bible revealed to us the shallowness of the Zionist Christian position. We concluded that the New Testament contains the strongest response and rebuke to Christian Zionism. The writers of the New Testament shattered three cherished beliefs of Christian Zionism. One that has to do with the idea of chosenness. The New Testament would not say that the Jews are God's chosen people, but that we are all God's chosen people. Another um, thing that the New Testament shatters is the concept of a promised land for the Jewish people. Jesus and his followers, uh, his disciples, they talked about the kingdom of God, which is a spiritual and not a territorial entity. So God is not promising any piece of land to anybody in the New Testament. And third, the concept of the temple or rebuilding of the temple. The, yeah, please go to the next slide. Yeah, okay. So chosenness, promised land, and the, and then the temple. Our bodies are the temple, Paul very, very clearly said. To people who are Corinthians and Galatians and Gentiles all over Asia Minor. Seventh, the emergence, this is slides, I believe, 17, uh, the emergence of a group, or maybe 16 or 17, I, you know, but it's the emergence of a group of Palestinian evangelical leaders. 
in the West Bank and in Israel who felt a calling to devote themselves to prayer research and publishing the results of their studies of the Bible in lectures and writings. Among them are Dr. Salim Munayyar, Dr. Hanna Kitanashu, Dr. Mundar Ishaq, Azar Ajaj, uh, Ms. Sh- uh, Mrs. Shireen Hilal, and Ms. Shadia Kopti. All of these Palestinian theologians who contributed a lot to understanding Christian Zionism. Number eight, the inspiration and encouragement from other denominational leaders and organizations. Conservative Palestinian evangelical leaders found added inspiration and encouragement from the activities, lectures, and writings of Palestinian Christian leaders from other Christian denominations or traditions, namely Anglican, Canon, Naimatik, and the Sabil Center in Jerusalem, Greek Orthodox Archbishop Atallah Hanna, Greek Catholic Patriarch Michael Sabah, Lutheran Bishop Bunib Yunan, and Reverend Dr. Mitri Arahib. So these are uh, Christian um, Palestinians who contribute a lot to our understanding of Christian Zionism. Ninth, the international encouragement. Not all who came to visit uh, Palestinian evangelical Christians from other countries carried with them the banner of Christian Zionism. Some came to stand in solidarity with us and encourage us in our confrontation. Among these are some experts on Christian Zionism, such as Dr. Colin Chapman from England, Dr. Gary Burge, Reverend Dr. Donald Wagner, Dr. Stephen Sizer, also from England, Dr. Mark Braverman. These uh, scholars and others helped us through our interactions with them and their valuable writings to understand the history of the development of Christian Zionism movement. Bethlehem Bible College and her sister, the Nazareth Evangelical College, have set the appropriate platform for spreading the Palestinian evangelical perspective for responding to Christian Zionist claims. In 2010, the college held an international conference entitled Christ at the Checkpoint. Hundreds of evangelicals, non-evangelicals, and Christian Zionists, even settlers, came to Bethlehem to attend the conference. The main goal of the conference was to attract evangelical leaders to Bethlehem and give them the opportunity to witness the reality on the ground, the current occupation, the walls, the confiscation of land, the settlements, all other injustices, and then open their Bible and ask the question, what does the Bible say about these things? The Christ at the Checkpoint Conference angered some high-ranking Israeli officials. I'm not surprised. And it prompted them to interrogate the leaders. Furthermore, a few right-wing Israeli newspapers began to attack the conference. Confronting the Goliath of Christian Zionism has not and will not be easy. Palestinian evangelicals have decided to accept the challenge and join others who are standing with truth and justice. Palestinian Christians call on all evangelicals and all Christians to re-examine the claims 
of Christian Zionism. Left unchallenged, Christian Zionism will continue to do harm not only to Palestinians and to the church in Palestine, but also to the church and the mission of Christ all around the world. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Reverend Awad. I I wish every church would take a copy of this video and uh, have their congregation listen to it. Um, So what are you and Palestinian Christian Alliance for Peace doing in the U.S. to make churches understand the dangers of Christian Zionism to Christians? Well, thank you for, uh, Delinda, for asking this question. Um, You know, uh, the PCAP, and uh, here is uh, the the website, uh, is actually Palestinian Christian Alliance for Peace. We are a group of Palestinians. Some of us are writers. Some of us are artists. Some of us are preachers like myself. Uh, But we come together to try to help our fellow brothers and sisters in the churches Uh, to understand what is happening in our homeland in Palestine and also try to help them understand what is Christian uh, Zionism. So we make ourselves available to speak to churches, to speak to conferences. As a matter of fact, before the pandemic, Jonathan Kutab and myself, we went um, to about uh, 13 different states in the United States trying to help evangelicals understand uh, the issues relating to Christian Zionism. And we were surprised because we went to very conservative evangelical uh, groups. And when we spoke, we found a lot of support and a lot of understanding. Even we went to a group that fully uh, called themselves uh, Kufi supporters, which is uh, um, Christians United for the uh, State of Israel, something like this. Anyway, we, we spoke with this group, and after about 45 minutes, they turned around and they said they agreed fully with us. So what I am learning about Christian Zion, Zionists in the United States, or actually most evangelical Christians, they don't know that they are Christian Zionists. And uh, only when you start talking with them and asking them some things about Israel and Uh, the Holy Land, then you can find out that they are Christian Zionists. But anyway, when you talk with them and bring the other side, they open their hearts quickly and they change their mind quickly. Thank you very much. Now, uh, Dale Sprezanzi is going to take some audience questions and this will be interesting. Dale. Sure. Uh, uh, one question here. People, someone wants to know what parishioners can do in their own churches to confront, confront, uh, to confront Christian Zionism. Yeah, when I go to churches and speak, and I really went almost to two-thirds of the states in the United States to take this message, I tell the local uh, church, the local uh, congregation, that they need to organize. They need to have maybe four or five people within that church that create something like a group. And then if that uh, group in their um, church will connect to other groups who are doing advocacy and who are doing teaching about Christian Zionism, also connect with people like uh, Fasna, uh, 
you know, friends of Sabil in North America, or connect, say, with United Methodists for Kairos Response. This is a group of United Methodists that are working hard to bring about peace and justice uh, to Palestine. Almost every mainline denomination have a have a group that work on Palestine-Israel issues. If they connect with these uh, groups, so create your own group in your own church and then have them connect with other groups that are uh, working on this issue, take information from them, and also when they ask you to advocate, you advocate in the right way. But I think if these groups will be in many churches and many places in the United States, we can turn the tide and we can see the day when more and more Americans will understand what is going on in the Holy Land and they will start standing with peace and justice for all. Thanks. Uh, another question here. Uh, this one, on the look of it looks a little difficult, but I'll ask it anyway. Do you fundamentally believe this is a theological or a political issue? Is, so I guess, is it, yeah. is it coming from religion into yeah. politics, or from politics into religion or both? I think for, for Israelis, it's a purely political issue. But for many American um, evangelicals, uh, they, if for them, it's a, a spiritual, it's a religious issue. And that is based on a false interpretation of the Bible. As I said, really, the New Testament is the strongest defense against Christian Zionism. However, uh, you know, many evangelicals take one verse from uh, the Hebrew Bible and another verse from, say, the uh, New Testament. They join them together in a very, very strange way, and they create a theology. And then they they think that uh, God is on their side. God is with their theology. However, I, I think if we educate, and this is our responsibility, and this is what we do at PCAP, United Methodist for Kairos Response, uh, FASNA, um, and other groups, we are trying to educate uh, Christians in the United States. And uh, especially in PCAP, we are trying to hit evangelicals who are Zionists to try to help them wake up and see the light as far as these issues. And here's a question I like. Can you address the familiar trope that the source of the conflict is religion? I would say, yeah, religion plays a big part because, uh, you know, it is the Holy Land, the Promised Land, the Temple, the rebuilding of the Temple, prophecy, fulfillment of prophecy, and so on. But I really also believe it's not so much religion as much is it as the abuse of religion. Because um, religions, all of them, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, they call for loving your neighbor. For, they call for justice. They call for peace. And so to take these religions that want us to live in harmony with each other and twist them around to uh, make us fight and kill each other, this is an insult on religion. So I, I would say uh, religion, um, uh, pure religion, uh, is 
really an ally with us as we fight, you know, this uh, racism and this uh, religious bigotry. But I think we we need to uh, understand that pure religion really supports reconciliation, peace, and justice. Thanks. And uh, I see one more uh, question here in the email. And this question asks, I heard that religious tourists were steered away from speaking to Palestinians in the Holy Land, but they are, but are they allowed to speak to Palestinian Christians? Is this a good opportunity to change Christian Zionists when they visit the Holy Land? Well, you know, uh, Palestinian Christians are always welcoming in, in the Holy Land. They are welcoming groups and they are willing to speak to groups regardless of their background, they are willing to speak to even settlers and Christian Zionists. Even at our Christ at the Checkpoint conference, we welcome the opposition, not only welcome them to come and listen to us. Some of the opposition were main speakers in our conference, um, and we listened to them with pain in our hearts, but we decided if we invite people, we don't just invite them uh, to to listen to us, but we also invite them to listen to them. So if I understand your question correctly, I, I would say Palestinian uh, Christians and Palestinian non-Christians are really open uh, to welcome and to listen to other groups um, uh, about these issues. May I add something? Um, I thought that um, that tour bus directors told people don't talk to Palestinians, they're dangerous, and, and that the Israelis were the ones saying Oh yes, oh yes. I, I have I have tour groups to call me and say come and talk to our group. And I say, where are you? They said we are at the Nativity Church where Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Okay, but, you know, that's a, a very noisy place. Where can I talk with you? Would you come to the Bible college? And it's quiet there, and I can speak to you. They said, no, our tour guide said it's too dangerous to come to the Bible college. So, actually, I had to go to the Nativity Square in Bethlehem, get on the bus, and speak to those tourists on the bus because they were scared They get if they get out of the bus, those Palestinian terrorists will kill them. It, it is just amazing. And I have many, many experiences where a person would call me from Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, a journalist with the United Methodist Church called Cynthia, she called me and she said her tour guide director told her it's too dangerous to be in Bethlehem. So for me to come to Jerusalem to speak to her group, I said to her, listen, I'm coming to Jerusalem. I'm picking you up. I'm taking you to Bethlehem. And she accepted that. And I did. After a whole day of touring Bethlehem, and as I was driving her back to Jerusalem, she has tears in her eyes. And I said, Cynthia, why are you crying? And she said, because I'm a journalist. I'm supposed to know better. They lied to me, and I believed them. And so, but this happens many, 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 many times where we are pictures as the terrorists and our territories are pictures as dangerous so that the tourists will not come to us. Well, I, I hope you have the opportunity to tell many more Americans, come visit, come talk to me, let me come to your churches. And you do a wonderful job of convincing all of us. Thank you. Thank you so much for speaking tonight.